0: Welcome to the UMass Hockey Hour on 91.1
1: WMUA.
2: Welcome to this week's edition of the Hockey Hour, talking all things UMass hockey. I am Scotty Morrow, alongside Andrew Golden, Devin Dobeck, and Noah Glickman. There's a lot to talk about today. UMass got two crucial wins against Union College this past weekend, and then they will have a home-and-home against the Merrimack Warriors this upcoming weekend, and then we'll get into the rankings a little bit near the end of all the NCAA, but... Going off of this past weekend, a seven to one win and then a seven nothing win against Union College. What a win! What two wins for UMass this weekend, Andrew?
3: Yeah, no, it was really good to see UMass just stay on the gas pedal the whole game, not not back off. You know, was, uh, a lot. A lot of a lot of teams would back off, uh, up up big on maybe a, a opponent that they know they should be able to beat pretty handily, but you know. Um, it's 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 a tough it's a tough league and it, you if you step off the gas pedal you kind of kind of get yourself behind for the next set of games so it it was I was it was really good for me in my opinion to see them uh, stay hard the whole time.
0: Yeah, for me, I mean, the goal support was just tremendous. To get fourteen goals across two games is spectacular. They're third in the country in goals per game at four point five two. That's a remarkable number, and they trailed just. Michigan and Penn State and then the power play 50 percent on the year that's number one in the country they've been fantastic so they're getting a lot of great support from their special teams and that's what's been carrying them through the early part of the season yeah, I just want to mention quickly before I swing it over to Noah
2: as you mentioned the power play seven power play goals out of 14 uh just goals in general by UMass they they've stuck it to union when they could just couldn't uh they couldn't stay away from the penalty box and UMass did a great job with that uh and also to your point andrew umass played to the buzzer to both for both games scoring late goals even to make it you know seven nothing or seven one and most notably in the first game uh, with one, one and a half seconds to go, Lyndon Alder scores his first career goal in college. And what a moment for him. Only got about 13 games worth with just not, not as great, not as much good ice time last season. But Lyndon Alder getting on the board was something uh, big for the Minutemen. And then, Noah, uh, I'll turn it to you what a performance we saw in goal from umass this weekend
1: three goalies made an appearance but only one goal allowed yeah absolutely that's where i wanted to turn it to next uh just amazing games of course from luke pavisic and of course cole brady as well who made his debut this season debut start this season and allow uh giving a shutout basically performing a shutout it was just absolutely incredible um Owen Murray, the freshman defenseman, uh, is in one of my classes. And I asked him, I'm like... (laughs) And I I, I talked to him, and I, I asked him, I'm like, so this goaltending has just been outstanding. And he's like, yeah, we're all just so happy that we can have such reliable goaltending. You know, you can put in any one of these goaltenders, and they would just absolutely you know, put up great numbers and just be incredible, so that's one huge thing that's been for this team, and I, it's it's obvious to see. Yeah, and Luke Pavisic had less to do in his game,
2: I would say, that he, he started the first game against Union, made about, I believe he had 17 shots on goal yep. uh, from mm-hmm. Union, and uh, making 16 saves, uh, two periods of those, he only made uh, he only had to face four shots, but no- notably in that first game, Henry Graham Makes his first regular season uh, appearance mm. in a Minuteman sweater and getting that eight minutes and one second to not allow a goal made five saves and honestly they weren't the easiest saves to make. He looked he looked like he was you know s- seasoned and ready to go in those saves and the whole bench was so happy for him, Andrew.
3: Yeah, he had to move around on a few of those. I remember that and he. Uh he he had to move across the crease for one. He had to stop a, a rebound. That 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 was that was a pretty tough rebound chance on the on another. Made five saves in total, which first uh, first five saves of his collegiate career. Obviously in the first minutes of his college career. So, um, yeah, we 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 talked to players and in, in, in media and stuff, and they were all they were all super excited for Henry Graham to take it to get his chance. Just because they they know how much of a presence he is in the locker room so they 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 all they all love that guy and the they're really happy to see him uh, get get some ice time in there
2: yeah and coach Carville said that he felt that Henry Graham after working so hard in practice deserved to get his time on the rink only got five saves in but everybody on the bench was very happy for him but when it comes to the other game, Cole Brady, the one that he started and stopped all 32 shots that mm-hmm. came his way, a lot, a lot more uh, sample size. When it comes to that, he made 16 saves in the first period of that game. Not too many wild saves that he had to make, but Devin, he played very well, and I think that's very good for UMass to know that they have another stable goalie uh, behind Luke Pavicic is a good problem to have.
0: It's huge, and it's going to be great for the goalie competition going forward. 32 saves, not a small task. Um, and then he was awarded with Hockey East Goalie of the Week honors, which was great for his first shutout of the season, and a guy that coming over from Arizona State, his save percentage was just over 900, not like anything blowing you off the charts, but he was right there, and he really played like a top-one goaltender. So now him and Pavisic are going to be right in the midst of it. But Pavic leading the country in save percentage right now at 962. He's been fantastic. Third in goals allowed against at 1.267. So across all three... I mean, the depth is absurd, and it's something that we really were unclear about going into the season without Murray or Lindbergh, which has just been your backbone and rock for so long. But they've really stepped up, and it's got to be really reassuring.
3: And something I'd like to add there is that... it obviously you know four games is a small sample size for pavicic but his save percentage went down after the union game after allowing <laughs> only one goal it was 960 it was either 965 or 967 entering the game one against the union and it went down to 962 but e- either way that to uh, allow only one goal in a game and have your save percentage go down that that
1: really shows how strong he's been so far and i'd like to add you know of course you're a goaltender you're not a perfect person you know you're gonna let some goals in especially with all these teams but you know it just the 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 save percentage being at that number is just astounding especially for a collegiate athlete and i I think it's just really incredible to see and you know he's done so well and i think i think Watching this Union game, you know Union. I think I feel came out kind of strong in the in the first period. You know they 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 saw what they did the night before and they didn't want to do it again. And of course, after that first goal, UMass scored. Everything I felt kind of fall fell apart. But Cole Brady really kind of responded to that that uh, that that push by Union there. And I feel like you know that's that's what you need in your goaltenders. And I felt like he did it really well.
2: Luke Pavisic, the sophomore goaltender who last year got invited to the U.S. World Junior Camp, didn't end up making the team, but getting an invitation is notable nonetheless. But he played very well, and as you said, Andrew, the only goal he gave up was a very weird one. It was a it was a shot straight from the blue line, and that guy, I believe may have touched a stick on the way.
3: Yeah, I think I think Aaron Bollinger may have tipped it, mm. but uh, either either way, uh, Pavisic was kind of in a tough spot right there because. Um, it was like kind of in between where where he could have either you know gloved it blockered it maybe even domed it but he tried to he tried to uh, save a shot with his glove that ended up going on the other side is uh, towards his blocker side and so that kind of got him got him crossed up so it's it's a goal that I'm sure he would like to have back but it was good to see him shake it off and not allow an- another one and just stay strong the rest of the way in that game
2: I'm gonna there's a lot of there was a lot of high performers in this past week. I'm going to swing it uh, to each of you. Each of you, I want you to give me one player that stood out the most. There was a lot of players... That scored their first goal of this, either their first goal of the season, first goal as a Minuteman, or their first in the NCAA. In general, we saw guys like Michael Cameron, Cole O'Hara get their first goals, uh, in the, and Lyndon Alder as well, first goals in the NCAA. Uh, Taylor McCar scored two goals this weekend as well. But I'll start with you, Noah. Give me a key player from this
1: weekend for UMass that really stepped up and performed. So, I mean, one key player that I've definitely seen, uh, he played really well this weekend was Kenny Connors. Mm. I mean, he just put up outstanding numbers. You know, game one, two goals and an assist. I mean, it can't get better than that, you know, and this is something that we wanted to see from him, and, you know, it's, it's certainly, he's, he certainly played really well. He was tough. He was, he was tight with it, and I think, he, I think he just really made his presence on the ice, and I think we can look at that going, going forward.
2: Kenny Connors, four goals, three assists, and seven points this season. A very good freshman performer
0: for them. Devin, what say you? Uh, Scott Morrow. I mean, you're just getting constant success from this guy. He had four points coming in the weekend, comes out with seven. He's up to four goals and three assists. Uh, Those four goals are good for the club high. So, I mean, you really can't ask for much more than him. He's had a few blunders on defense, a turnover here and there, but that's just because he's so fancy with the puck and, You know, you can get away with that against Union, but once you enter hockey's play, it'll be pretty interesting to see how he fares. Did I mix that up? Did I say four goals for Kenny Connors?
2: Uh, I'm looking at him straight up. He has three goals and four assists. Mm -hmm. Uh, A little bit different, but he was a very good player this weekend nonetheless, and Scott Morrow uh, scored two power play goals in the first game. Very noticeable out there for UMass. He was uh, as big a catalyst as you can get on the blue line. Him and Ryan Ufko are as lethal of a pairing as it gets on the power play. Uh, and they both seem to know it too. Andrew, who do you think was key this weekend?
3: Well, Noah, you actually stole the guy I was gonna say. <laughs> I was I was gonna I was gonna point I out. Think Kenny think we probably were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, I I wanna I wanna point out put a spotlight on Ryan Lawton back I think um, you know, obviously last year as as a freshman he. O- only 10 points in 31 games didn't really have as much of an opportunity as he as he has this year. And you know, this year playing in the top six, he's really taken advantage of it. Um, five five points in four games, a goal and four assists. Had uh, had three points in the uh, first game against Union. Added a power play goal, uh, and then two assists, I believe. Um, and you know, basically, uh, w- we heard from Coach Carville after that game. It was saying that. Uh, back was practically begging yes. to, to put him on the power play yeah. and he finally did and he, he tipped home a, a beautiful play from from Scott Morrow and it was just there was just a really really well set up play and you know it, it, it's good to see Lawton back not only you know, taking the opportunities he's giving he's, he's being given but you know pushing himself and you know making himself, you know, put himself in better positions, you know, asking to be on the power play, working hard to, to get on that power play, and, you know, proving Coach right by, by scoring a goal on the power play. So I think I think Ryan Lautenbach has done a really good job taking advantage of his opportunities so far this year.
2: I'm going to cheat on this one a little bit because there's two players that were not said yet, but I'll briefly say uh, Taylor McCarr because he scored mm, two goals course. this weekend, and the last goal he scored was a really nice one, a lot of speed, able to get on a breakaway, put a backhand, forehead move right over Connor Murphy, who yeah, just, by- just <laughs> totally beat Prokop on that play. Yeah, and by the way, Connor Murphy now 0-6 versus UMass in his career. Wow. Uh, and he played every minute against them this weekend and let up all 14 goals. So uh, I, I wonder how his confidence is after that. But the other player I wanted to mention quickly was Lucas Mercury. He had kind of a cold start starting this season. He had... a The assist to the first goal Taylor McCarr scored in the first game. Then the second game, he was uh, a very notable presence. He had a goal and two assists. Another assist on the Taylor McCarr goal in the second game. Uh, And then an assist on the goal by Tyson Dick on the power play. And then his goal also coming on the power play. uh, Getting a great feed from Cole O'Hara all the way to the doorstep. Just right there to tap in. But a lot of confidence for him after... You know, kind of a kind of a cold start for the Carolina draft pick. So very good to see for him. Very good wins, two wins for UMass this season. They move up to four zero and one on the season, and we'll get into their rankings across the nation next, along with uh, the matchup coming up against Merrimack. But we're gonna take a quick minute break. But stick with us on ninety one point one WMUA. Need to know how to cite a journal
1: article? Find a book? Make a 3D print? Want to put your hands on an artifact? Or borrow a video camera? Or perhaps grab a cup of hot coffee and scroll away in the stacks? Good Good news! news. The the library library is open!
0: open. You can visit library.umass.edu to access services and resources around the clock.
1: If you've got questions, just ask ask us! By using the button on the library's homepage, which takes you to the most frequently asked questions.
3: Answered. Answered!
1: Interested in joining WMUA, the student-run college radio station at UMass Amherst? Whether you're interested in pursuing a career in broadcast journalism, you have a passion for music, or you're just looking for a space on campus to call your own, WMUA is the place for you. From music and news to sports and public affairs programming, students of all majors and interests are encouraged to contact us today. To find out how to get involved, email us at
0: wmaproduction at umass.edu.
1: And tell us what you're all about. Before you know it, it'll be your voice broadcasting here on 91.1 WMUA, the radio voice of UMass Amherst.
2: As another one bites the dust this past weekend. UMass undefeated technically this season so far, only lost in a shootout against AIC, but their last four wins at home come against Denver and Union. But Back here in the studio, Scotty Morrow, alongside Devin Dobek, Andrew Golden, and Noah Glickman. They have their first home and home of the season coming up against the Merrimack Warriors, and it should be interesting to see. Merrimack is three and two on the season. Andrew, what can you tell us about this matchup?
3: Yeah, uh, you know, um, in in player media this this uh, this this past week, we had heard from a lot of the guys that they um, were expecting a tough challenge. You know, they um, Bowling, Aaron Bollinger emphatically stated that emphatically. hockey's play was, you know, tougher than, you know, at a conference play that every, everyone's everyone's hyped up and ready to ready to make some big hits. So um, you can expect that from Merrimack, especially on their home ice at Lawler Rink. It's a it's an NHL uh, it's an NHL sheet, I believe, if I'm correct. And you know, um, they just like to they just like to hit hard, and that's that's the way the series was last year. It was tough. You know, uh, UMass eked out a couple t- uh, close wins. Um, I think the biggest highlight of that last year was the was the Colin Felix goal with like less than five seconds left. Mm-hmm. I was on the call for that one with Nathan Strauss. Uh, but so far this year, Merrimack comes into the uh, into this home and home at three two and o. Oh. Only mm-hmm. one game in hockey so far, and that was against UNH. It was a six to one win against UNH, which is kind of a hockey's bottom feeder. Yeah. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. They're, um, they've played St. Lawrence, they've played Clarkson, they've played Colgate. So they haven't really played anyone r- really nearly the level of UMass yet. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how how much they step up their game possibly to, to play UMass.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not an easy place to play at the Mullen Center, but they got one at Lawler, as mentioned, in and- Yeah, that rink needs some updating. I think Union's (laughs) rink and Merrimack's rink, some of the early on opponents, they could use a little bit of refurbishing. Definitely. Yeah, it's going to be a good matchup. Um, You alluded to it, so maybe I'll send it back to you. But Slava Demin coming back, uh, of course, transferred to Merrimack. He came from Denver to UMass, and now he transfers over to Merrimack. So it would be cool to see him have a little bit of a homecoming. Yeah, he's one of seven transfers on, on Merrimack's
3: roster. Obviously a familiar face there with Slava Demin. For better, for worse, for UMass fans, but it'll be interesting to see how he possibly steps it up against his own his old team. And he's already got a goal and assist in five games, so he, he's he's clearly taking up a better uh, a, a better role at Merrimack than he did at UMass. He didn't quite take advantage of the opportunities he he was given at UMass last year, and so it's it's good to, it's good to see him take advantage of those at Merrimack. Um, but I'm sure. I'm sure you know the, the players on UMass who were teammates with him last year are, are going to be happy to see him again, yeah. but probably want to shut him down too.
0: He's a very well-liked guy, Slava, all of his teammates. I saw him playing golf once out with Luke Pavisich and now he's going to have to be finding ways to score on him, so that should be an interesting <laughs> dynamic. But, yeah, it's it's going to be a good game. I'm not sure what they'll be bringing. I think it's a great way for UMass to open conference play, though, because then you head into your ranked opponents, you got... Uh, the current number 13 in Providence, and then number 9 BU. So some really difficult opponents coming up, and this should be a good, we'll call it tune-up with Merrimack before those big conference games. And Noah, what what can you tell me about this matchup as well?
1: Yeah, I think what we're going to see from Merrimack is we're going to see a pretty strong defense. I mean, what they've been doing is they've been limiting their opponent's shots to almost 10 less per game, so they average... They average around thirty-two shots per game, while the, their opponents average about twenty-three. So they've been—they get those shots in, you know—they find those opportunities and they get them in. Uh, and I think their defense also has been able to kind of limit those shots and kind of push those opportunities and be a little tougher on the on uh, the opponents' offenses. And Merrimack's top
2: scores this year are ones to look out for uh, Alex Jeffries, who is a junior. He's a New York Islanders prospect, but he currently leads. Uh, the Warriors in scoring with seven and then senior Brent Brar and Matt Capone, who we all saw last season. They're established on their team. Pretty solid players for them and, as you alluded to, Slava Demon as well. UMass knows uh, very well and, you know, players will always like to score against their former teams. We saw it last year even with UMass uh, smacking around Vermont at their home arena, but their, the goal that they got was from Phil Blaganoff who, as many remember, scored that beautiful goal in the national championship game. He tra- entered the transfer portal straight after and went to Vermont to get some first-line minutes. So we'll see if Slava Demon has any extra motivation heading into this series. But uh, so a little bit of series history between these teams. Last season, they played four times, and UMass won all four times. Uh, and the first two games were during our uh, fall semester here, as you alluded to, Andrew, before, a 2-1 to win uh, at North Andover, and Colin Felix scored a buzzer-beater goal. He's not one to really score goals that much. but uh, No, not at all. Nope, but a great moment for him nonetheless, and great moment for Nathan getting recognized all over for that call uh, alongside you. So a little shout-out there to our old boss. And then, <laughs> uh, Devin, you and I were on the call at Mullen Center when... They won 5-4 to four in overtime, and guess who? Scott Morrow scored his first career goal in that game. It was quite an environment.
0: It was fantastic. It was in an overtime, and yeah, what a goal. Just cut across the circles and then found a place for it on top shelf. Um, it was an entertaining game to be at for sure, and we're going to need a lot more out of that. Uh, I'm not chalking this Merrimack series to UMass, though, with a sweep just yet. They have been good. Of course, the four-game winning streak, but they're going to have to show up. Merrimack always tests them, gives them runs for their money, and based on our experience from last year calling those close games, uh, we know they can bring it, and it's always been a matter of minutes or one mistake that separated the two, so they're going to have to be ready. One mistake is right, and only one goal separated them in each game. As
2: we said, 2-1 to one win, a 5-4 to four win, and then during winter break, we didn't get to see these games, but uh, their third game was a Bobby Trevino overtime goal. At Merrimack, they won 3-2, to two, and then the fourth game was in January. UMass won 4-3 at the Mullen Center. Ryan back with his second career goal as the game winner. And as you we were alluding to before, Hockey East play is starting to get underway. This it's is gonna, anyone's night. Yep, That's... and this is going to be UMass's first Hockey East matchup of the season. And not saying, not saying they're due for a loss or anything, but being undefeated, and you know, with the reputation they have, teams are going to come play. Uh, they're coming for their head. They have a target on them as usual, and they've. They've pretty much broken everything that we've expected with scoring with them. They put up 14 goals this past weekend and were no slouches against Denver as well. Um, so it should be very
1: interesting. Uh, no, any last notes on this series? Yeah, I mean, conference play is always so much fun. It's always good to see a, a, a nice conference rival game. But however, UMass is riding this hot streak. I mean, they've had they played so well at home and they've they've obviously taken you know these four wins and only allowed. Uh, three goals in four games at the Mullen Center so I think that they're coming into this first game they're gonna be riding this hot streak and they're gonna be ready to play and they're just gonna be set and I I think I think they'll um, I think they'll put up well against Merrimack and uh, but something we have to look at is Merrimack has only 30 minutes in penalties while UMass has 49 so they've kinda been getting those you know little penalties there that we think could be you know d- uh, not effective for them, but however they've been proving that their uh, PK is pretty good, their penalty kill is pretty good. Um, but I definitely think that getting those, getting those little penalties could hurt in the long run,
2: and especially if Merrimack does cause a penalty. Uh, by the stats, UMass has a 50% chance mm. to score, most likely. So uh, that's something to keep watch of as well this weekend. should be a very fun game at M- at the Mullen Center. I believe Andrew and Maddie will be on the call for that one. That's and, correct. And it is TBD if we will be in Merrimack. But um, now we'll turn to the national rankings. I believe Merrimack is in... On the pairwise I believe they're around 37, in the 30s or so. Yeah, uh, yeah 37. And then uh, UMass, in the pairwise is is kind of the team to beat besides
0: St. Cloud State. they coming at number two this time, Devin. I mean, to be at number two, I mean, with all the speculation going into the season, I'll put my hand up. I was one of the biggest haters that they were going to have <laughs> down here. I really was. If you go back to the first show we did... Uh, I didn't know where the offense was going to come from, and the goalkeeping has really showed up. But here they are, number two in the pairwise. They swept the number one team in the country, but now you're going into conference play. So this is when you really get tested, but it seems like every ceiling they've had, they've been able to shatter. And so now a chance to play a Merrimack team who's above 500 after that Union Series. It's going to be a bit of reality and hopefully they can maintain where they're at because it's not a bad place to be looking at a one seed this early on. And according to the regular uh, national polls,
2: UMass moved up from 6 to 5 in the regular polls. The only teams above them, Michigan at 4, Denver at 3, St. Cloud State at 2, and then Minnesota staying at number 1. So other than that, though, there's quite a lot of Hockey East parity when it comes to... The pairwise rankings, Andrew. I believe there's about six teams in the top twenty, and then eight in the top twenty-three.
3: Yeah, Massachusetts had two first-place votes. They were um, they had the least amount of first-place votes out of anyone who did get first-place votes. Um, so you know they they still got a little bit of work to do to prove themselves in the eyes of the in the eyes of the voters. But they have uh, in in the top twenty. You alluded to they have Massachusetts. You have BU. You have Connecticut. Uh, you have Providence you have northeastern you have UMass Lowell and that that's that's you, six you got so
2: you got BC at 19 as well on in the pairwise, in pair-wise you have. I'm
3: looking at US, yeah, yep. I'm looking at the USCHO the rankings and um, I don't know if we count Cornell is it's not Hockey East but it's an <laughs> Eastern team but um, <laughs> close yeah, enough close enough here yeah, right so yeah uh, its it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see that um, the the parity in the ho- in Hockey East coming up this year, especially with you know the teams that are already ranked up up high in the in the USCHO rankings, which they have they have a big string of games coming up against teams like that, as, as we alluded to earlier. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting stretch of games here for UMass. And UMass, as we said
2: before, coming in at two on the pairwise rankings. UConn at eight, BU at nine, Providence ten, UMass Law at eleven. That's four in a row right there. And then coming in down at nineteen is BC. That's a little bit. That's a little interesting They're Not seen as one of the stronger teams in Hockey East this season, but uh, still make their way up there at two, one, and one. And then Maine, coached by former UMass assistant coach uh, Ben Barr. Uh, they're two. They're two and three, but they're twenty-first in the Parawise rankings. And then Northeastern comes in at twenty-three. Who was the uh favorite this season to win the Hockey East? Big
3: uh, win that uh at Quinnipiac, just helping yeah, that those Parawise oh, yeah. rankings rankings for Maine. There, for out. sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was crazy. that was a crazy to see. Uh, it was we were we were, uh, we were live doing the Union game, and we mm-hmm. we were, that was the uh, during the out of town scoreboards where we were surprised to see that, but. Yeah. Yeah. Should be should be an interesting weekend
2: series. Merrimack may not be at the top of the rankings like many of the other hockey East teams, but uh as coach Carvel said, plenty of times any team can win in this league and he expects it to be a very hard-fought series as are the as with the players they they don't exactly prepare any differently for any team, but they have to make sure they're conditioned and ready to go. We're just about running out of time here in the studio, but make sure you tune in to WMUA 91.1 th- uh, tomorrow when UMass comes to Mullins to take on the Merrimack Warriors. I've been Scotty Morrow alongside Noah Glickman, Devin Dobeck, and Andrew Golden, and we'll see you guys next time on the UMass Hockey Hour on 91.1 WMUA.